maybe the holiday season is still hanging around on you. Uh, go ahead and pick up some germs of the flu and lose yourself about seven to eight pounds in five days real quick. Hang on, it's like that car. It's like that old jalopy you had in college, you know? You weren't very sure if it was gonna get you home, but you rode with it because guess what? It was your car and it was your baby. Uh, we are the old jalopy of podcasts. Is this, is this, should you forewarn, is this your spicy take? This, this is the take that I think some of you are gonna, are gonna bristle at. I think some of you are probably, this might be a little bit, you probably should have ordered the mild salsa today because I'm not sure some of you were ready for the heat. Just hit, just hit the gym, bro. Nick, Nick, if you're listening, and I know you are, I know you are, even when you do something right, you do something wrong. People that live in Mississippi? People who live in Mississippi. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. And we have got a really fun show today, Clint. We do. I'm excited. Clint, how are you feeling? Uh, explain to the people what you've been doing for the last week. Just, Daniel, just in I case they want a visual. You. Yeah, if they want a visual of how their life is going well, uh, you know, you guys, you guys have all these infomercials out there talking about weight loss products. Uh, I got, mm -hmm. I got the some, best. Some of us trying to lose a few pounds. Some of you trying to lose a few pounds out getting there. Getting into maybe, that swimsuit, getting that swimsuit weight. Maybe the holiday season is still hanging around on you. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, here's what you need to do: go find a group of kids that don't know what a Kleenex is. Okay. Grab their sleeve and uh, okay. get it close to your hands or or mouth and uh, go ahead and pick up some germs of the flu and lose yourself about seven to eight pounds in five days real quick. Just quick and simple. It is. It's quick and simple. So I've been watching all the basketball I can, uh, NBA, college, uh, Croatian, it doesn't matter. Just... That's right. If you got right. 10 feet hoop and a ball and people running around, I will watch it because uh, with 103 degree temperature, you don't even know what the score is anyway. So who cares? No, not even relevant. You can convince yourself it's football that you're watching I, if you I, want. At one you know? point, Just, I think I did. I was yeah. I was screaming at, uh, at McKendry on the sideline or something like that for not reporting yeah. so well. Um, uh, well, that sounds like it sucks. It but was awful. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Let's talk about the show today. Today we're going to introduce to you. Got to get through the off season. It's a grind. Any way yeah, that you can. It's a grind. Fandom it in is. the off season. When you are just waiting around and all of your worst fears are are saturating and letting to run wild with no evidence to the contrary, it's bad. You got to grind through. Let me say this though. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, Clint, I don't know if you've looked at the numbers recently, but let me tell you something about UGA fans, at least the ones that listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. 
They're in, they're in it. They're 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 committed. Daniel, they ain't playing to the situation because you know I thought when the when the football off season hit, you know the numbers were going to take a dip a little bit. You know, I thought so as well. The listeners were going to go down, especially with the basketball team being absolute inferno garbage uh, this season. I thought surely people will just kind of let the podcast fall off their radar, and then we'll probably pick them back up. You know, in in uh, once spring practice starts yeah. or something like that. But that's not what happened. No. This, you, kudos to you, the listeners, for sticking with us. Um, you guys pack out the stag. Been... You pack out the podcast. We appreciate you. That's what we're talking about. It's it's fantastic. And so, listen. That just means that you and I can't phone it in no. during during the off season. That's no. all that that means. It's really it puts the pressure right back on us. And what it can do, actually, Daniel, is let us. We were kind of hedging our bets. We were we were trying not to be the guys that are all in all the time. Like we didn't want to publicly announce how dedicated we are every single day and how much we actually talk to each other about UGA sports um, because yeah. we were kind of fearful what the mass might think of that. But now what we've been confirmed is we can go ahead and let ourselves just hang out there. We can just just mm-hmm. be yourself, Daniel. Just be the all-in com- fan. It's a comfortable place for us. It is. It's a comfortable because because these kinds of conversations. Again, we've said it before. Uh, we're so glad that you're listening. But Clint and I would be having these conversations anyway. Yeah. Just just so just so happens they're being recorded now. That's right. And even even in that they're. They're only barely being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> we we apologize for all of the audio issues that you have experienced in trying to listen to this podcast. We understand that we are truly terrible people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say we're trying to fix it, and we are, but that would lead you to believe that it will probably be fixed sometime soon. And I don't want to do that because that's that's not fair to you or me uh, for uh-huh. me to say that. So just just stick with us because we are who we are. Hang on. It's like that car. It's like that old jalopy you had in college. You know, you weren't very sure mm-hmm. if it was going to get you home, but you rode with it because guess what? It was your car and it was your baby. Uh, we are the old jalopy of podcasts and we thank you for, for riding along with us. Thank you. I don't know how comfortable I feel with that analogy, but, uh, but you know, I can't refute it you at can't. this moment. So I'm no. going to, I'm going to abstain from commenting all right listen today on the podcast we're going to introduce two not one but two new long-running segments series of conversations that we're going to have on the podcast one is related to the university of georgia and it's rich and deep history and tradition daniel i think made this uh this tradition this new segment only to troll me and to, and to give you fans fodder to come at me. This Daniel, just Daniel wait set to, me Just up. wait till you hear the nonsense that Clint's about to spit. <laughs> on this. Just wait. Just wait. The other is uh, related to the rest of the SEC. Yeah. And it's rich, historic tradition of being absolute deplorable wasteland of a, of a place. Uh, so we are going to we're going to go through uh, position by position, and we're going to give our Mount Rushmore for each position at UGA historically. So we're going to give our Mount Rushmore of all-time Georgia quarterbacks. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're going to give our Mount Rushmore of all-time Georgia running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, safeties, kickers, Hello. punters. I can't wait till we get to punters, Clint. Gosh. I don't know what order we're going to go in. We'll probably mix it up. We'll probably go a little here, a little there. Um, but this conversation uh, is going to be about quarterbacks today. We're going to start right at the top. And we're going to give you our Mount Rushmore of UGA quarterbacks. Uh, and then we're going to let you come at us and try to disagree and try to argue. And, uh, and, we'll, and we'll explain to you casually and respectfully why you're wrong and we're right. Correct. 100%. So. Uh, we are the definitive authority on this matter because we made this segment. So, uh, ergo, <laughs> authority. That is... I thought you were going to go like we made Mount Rushmore, like we were part of the team that was blasting. The, that's not, <laughs> that's that's not, not what you're saying. Uh, but Daniel, we also um, should recognize exactly what criteria we had for Mount Rushmore. Um, we, should. we should. We should do, do that. that. So um, you might think Mount Rushmore, it would be a simple thing like uh, the top four passing touchdown leaders in UGA history might be a great place to start. And while that might be a consideration, that's not the Mount Rushmore. To be on Mount Rushmore, you not only have to have performed dutifully as quarterback and had excellence on the field, but you also have to embody UGA football in its entirety. You have to embrace embrace the dog, the red and black, and be an ambassador as well as an excellent player. It's both and. You can't have either or. Uh, it cannot be one. So there are there are people who have been great ambassadors uh, that aren't necessarily the best players. They're not going to be on Mount Rushmore. You've had amazing players that weren't great ambassadors. You're not going to find them here. Uh, it's got to be both and. Uh, and so it leaves a little bit of objectivity and some subjectivity for Daniel and I to discuss and just enough for you to become just flaming mad at us along the way. That That's correct. Um, yeah, it's not – if you think about the actual Mount Rushmore, a lot of times people get confused about this. They see people's Mount Rushmore list. This is obviously a pretty a common thing for uh, sports fans to discuss. You see people's Mount Rushmore list and people get very upset at them because they don't understand what Mount Rushmore is. It's not the best presidents of all time. No. Though you could argue some of the faces you see on Mount Rushmore are the best presidents of all time. And it's not your favorite presidents of all time either. It's simply the most representative for individuals who represent the American presidency. And so that's what we're attempting to do when you think about quarterback at the University of Georgia. Who should you be thinking about? Yes. Who are the representative uh, quarterbacks that that most fully uh, demonstrate what it is to be a Georgia Bulldog? So Correct. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into that. And then at the end of the show, we're going to – we're going to revisit – the grossest fan bases in the SEC. Yeah, we are. And this time, we're not going to talk. We're not going to rank them. We've already ranked them. But this time, we're going to talk to you about the single grossest thing about each one of them. So, of all the cesspool of filth and and waste, we're going to talk to you about uh, the single worst thing about each of these schools and their fan bases. Yep. Uh, which I don't have to tell you is going to be very difficult to do, but. Uh, that's what we're going to effort to do. Before we get into any of that, though, Clint, let's talk about some recent activity. The Georgia basketball team was in action on Saturday. They were. 
uh, in Oxford, Mississippi. A for they were in action the previous Wednesday in Athens, Georgia. A Your for boy effort. was was there. I was in the building. That's I was right. in the steg for that. Uh, How for was that the game. steg's atmosphere? Is it everything that we've been hearing about? You know, when, for a Wednesday night, I would say the steg's atmosphere was was pretty good. Fantastic. Uh, you know, for a Wednesday night for a one in thirteen conference record team. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, there's objectively nobody should be going to these games. Right. But the steg is still rocking. And so, yeah, I would say, especially against Mississippi State, as we started rallying and, and made that late comeback, yeah, uh, fought valiantly all the way back. When Tyree hit that three, oh, man. Uh, the, the steg was legitimately bananas. And so that was, it was a fun atmosphere to be a part of. Good. It was. The steg was so bananas that somebody felt like it was necessary to huck a beanie baby onto the court, Clint. <laughs> Daniel, I had to ask, was it was it a giveaway night? It was, and that okay. was the giving away. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I, I I figured as much. I think it was actually one of the things that they like threw into the stands. You know, like during oh, the timeouts, yeah. like the cheerleaders run around yeah. throwing those things in the stands, and of course that sob had to catch one, like of that, like that did. guy, of all the guys to catch one. So there, he, there he are two, did. yeah, two abject morons. Guy who threw it, and I've since heard that he has been removed from the welcome list of all UGA games. So good on UGA for doing that. That's exactly what you should have done. The second absolute moron was uh, head coach of Mississippi State, um, becoming indignant and irate about the Beanie Baby hitting the floor and just coming unglued because I think he he knew what was coming. He knew that he wasn't going to hit the free throws and needed an extra one. He be, he became unhinged at a stuffed animal on the basketball court, Daniel. I don't know if you saw later on um, replays of his face, but he looked oh, yeah. possessed coming on the floor. Well, I mean, but to be fair, that guy's just, he's doing what a coach should do. Well, that, You're trying to get the best for your team. I th- you know, you sure. don't know if he's, you don't know how he actually... You know, if the, if the roles have been reversed, I do agree with Tom Crean. It's kind of ridiculous that, that you know, like, you, you don't know. Because, listen, I don't know why a Georgia fan didn't go to Oxford, Mississippi with a stuffed animal. And in a key moment late in that game, an Old Miss-themed stuffed, an, stuffed animal. And when something bad happened for Old Miss, when a referee made a call against Old Miss, Georgia fan just hucked that thing onto the court. Right. Because... Apparently, whoever the home team is gets penalized Correct. when someone throws an object onto the court, if, even if no one has a clue in the moment who threw it. And the rules stipulate you must have correctly identified it being of Which, the home fan. We've obviously said they identified this guy, but that was not until days later looking at, at, you know, at security camera footage. Yep. They identified who this guy was. The referees had no clue who it was. So, Georgia fan, go down to... Go down to the next away game. Get a, and just start a away throwing, shirt. Just put it on. Just start throwing nonsense onto the court. Yep. Just make sure the ref doesn't see you, and then boom, technical foul. Georgia gets two free throws in the ball. That's what I. It's it's ridiculous. It's a it's a tough way to lose a game. It's also yeah. tough because um, Jordan Harris did not foul that guy shooting that shot with a half a second left, and so none of that should have really ever happened. But. Uh, and then we go to Ole Miss. 
Clint, and <sighs> once again, we defecate in our pants at the end of the first half, just like we do in seemingly every game this year. And then, in, at least lately, in the second half, we valiantly rally back. Uh, and we are right there in this game, right to the bitter end. Another brutal defeat. Brutal. Tyree Crump got up a shot that you thought might go, and it didn't go. Right. So, Clint, we're we're still we still have one conference win. We are still the bottom of the barrel in the in the SEC. But what are your overall impressions of this basketball team at this point in the late season? Daniel, uh, I, again, I've told you I've written off another win. I have I have become comfortable with our one conference win. It is our one that I will go to the bank and say, great, here we are. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I, I am liking the aspects going forward. I'm, I, am, I am all in on futures stocks right now. I'm not trading the day-to-day. I'm all in mm-hmm. on future stocks. Uh, and a couple of guys are getting me excited. Uh, this team, besides the sloppy turnovers and not knowing how to execute a a final play in three seconds, that inbound to Claxton and then the goofy handoff and pass and kick out, that was just so ugly executed. It's clear we don't know what crisp basketball is to save our souls. That's clear to me. But it's tough. Jordan Harris, welcome to the conversation, brother. Double digits, last three games, uh, playing good basketball, executing, hitting some jumpers, getting in the paint, doing some hustle things. He's got another year of eligibility. Uh, That's exciting to me because he's showing me he can be a great role player on this team and come in and give some meaningful minutes. So Jordan Harris, I I see you, man. I see you. Uh, Crump, man, we have said before that we were waiting for him to get more minutes and more of the shots and be the guy. Uh, that we thought he he could be. And he's showing <clears throat> some flashes of that. So my overall impressions is that I'm trading futures and I'm seeing some pieces to come alongside maybe a couple four stars, a five star, and uh, give them support. But this it's clear that there's going to be a changing of the guard where all of the players we're looking at are going to be support pieces for next year. I want to see can they support for next year. And I think, I think we got a couple of those. Yeah, I'll tell you... Um... Before I get to my spicy take, which I have, I have a spicy take about this about Jalapeno this Georgia basketball take. team, this specifically as it relates to one player. So buckle up for that. Before I get to that, I do want to talk about Jordan Harris because I was very down on him. I can't remember how much I've talked about him on the podcast, but I was very, I was ready to write off Jordan Harris. I was ready for the Jordan Harris experience to be over. Yeah. Uh, but his emergence the last few games, it's seeming like. He just has so much co- more confidence attacking the basket than he used to. He, he had he's he's probably finished more layups mm-hmm. in the last three games than he did the entire season before now because he would get to the rim and he couldn't fin he just couldn't finish it seemed like, but he's attacking the basket with much more confidence. He's shooting the three more confidently. He's always been a great defender, which is which is one of the big things that he brings to this team. He's our he's our premier perimeter defender, uh, and so. If he can emerge, this is a guy that you're talking about role players as a senior next year. This is a a key player yeah. on this team. He elevates himself immediately to being a a really key role player on this team. 
And that's what good teams need. If we're trying to be a good team next year, if we're trying to make the tournament, win a game, win two games in the tournament, maybe next year, uh, we we need more than just five star Anthony Edwards coming in. Right. You know, you gotta have guys who are gonna who are gonna fill some gaps for you. And Jordan Harris is a very pleasant surprise. Let me talk about another guy though that's gonna be on this team next year. Mm. Uh, and I'd love to get your opinion on this class. Is this, because is this, should you forewarn, is this your spicy take? This, this is the take that I think some of you are going to, are going to bristle at. I, I think some it. of you are probably, this might be a little bit, you probably should have ordered the mild salsa today because I'm not sure some of you were ready for the heat. Um, now look, I want to just go all the way and just be Stephen A. Smith here. And just go all the way with my spicy take and say something dumb. But I'm not going to do that. Because you're um, a controlled not, man is what you're saying. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that Nick Claxton is no good. That's not what I'm going to say. But but listen, Georgia fans. However. Nick, Cla- Nick Claxton's got a long way to go. Okay? Nick Claxton has a long way to go. To go, uh, if the this Nick Claxton that we're looking at right now, if he didn't improve at all, and you put him on next year's team, right, he would be the fifth or sixth best player on that team. And I'm not just talking about. So I'm not saying Anthony Edwards would just be better than him. Of course he would. But I'm saying Nick Claxton has demonstrated a skill set to this point in his career that is extremely limited and extremely predictable. Let me tell you what Nick Claxton does, Clint. Uh, He's the best game dunker on our team. Indisputed. Indisputed. He's one of the better rebounders on our team. Right? Probably second to Derek. Yeah, right? but next year, but Derek's graduating, so next year he would be he, he will be a, a a one of the better rebounders on our team. He's the best defender on our team. Okay, period. Uh, his shot blocking, presence at the rim, his ability to block shots without fouling, uh, is is unquestioned. And he is an okay three point shooter, but I would elevate him to he's an above average three point shooter for his size and his skill set. So I will give him that as a strength. Now, name something else that Nick Claxton does well, Clint. I dare you. Uh, I dare you to tell me something he does well besides block shots, kind of rebound, dunk, and shoot threes. Look like he didn't murder somebody. Look look boyishly innocent. <laughs> uh, listen, Nick Claxton with his back to the basket is a disaster. Oh my word. Left-handed hook, right-handed hook, disaster. Turnaround jumper, disaster. Mid-range, disaster. Put the ball on the floor, disaster. So here's what I'm saying, Georgia fans, is 
uh, Rayshon Ham is a better basketball player than yeah. Nick Claxton, which is what makes it so infuriating that Rayshon Hammonds just goes out to lunch for games at a time and doesn't participate in the game. I cannot figure out Rayshon Hammonds because he's both so good and looks so disinterested in being good at basketball. He just looks like he doesn't care at all about being good. But Rayshon Hammonds is already better than him. Yep. Here's here's just spicy take B that's maybe a more positive spin on that. I expect Amanze next year to be better than Nick Claxton this year. I think Amanze next year, I think Amanze has, uh, uh, he has, he's more likely to develop into a more complete player than Nick Claxton currently is. Now, I'm not saying Nick Claxton doesn't have potential and won't continue to develop. Right. I, ex- I don't expect him to be the same player he is this year, next year. But if he is, he's not that good right now. Like, we really need him. And, and you can – commentators in these games that only look at, like, points per game and uh-huh. – Block uh, shots per game. You know, like – he leads the team in all these statistical categories. Right. And, and so these commentators, like, it's a key moment in the game, and they're coming and saying, you got to get Nick Claxton a touch in the post. you got to feed him the ball in the post. Nick Claxton's got to be more involved in the offense. Well, guess what? There's a reason that we don't just post up Nick Claxton because he's hot garbage in the post. Nick Claxton scores his points off putbacks, offensive rebounds, and when people drive and his man comes over to help uh-huh. and he gets a dump off for a dunk. And when he gets an open three. That's how that's how he scores. He has to develop a part of his game. You cannot have a six eleven guy with a seven feet forty inch wingspan uh who can't shoot a four and a half foot turnaround hook shot. You just you can't have that guy be nope. on your team. He has to be able to go get those easy buckets. And so hopefully he works on that in the offseason because this this current version of Nick Claxton, we've seen everything he can do. He has had all the time to show us his expertise. And and so here's the thing to your point earlier point. It's not like he doesn't have a place on next year's team. But he becomes a role player if this is all he is, because that's his. That becomes his role. He becomes, you know, like sort of the NBA, the the college equivalent of Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, whatever. Where he just he, he's very good at a few things, but he's just not. He's not a takeover guy. He's not a star on your team. And I think we all want, hope, expect Nick Claxton to be. A key player uh-huh. on next year's team, uh, but but man, he just he's got some work to do. Yeah, he's got some growing to do. So, Nick, Nick, if you're listening, he is, and I know you are. We know, I know you are. Um, just just hit, just hit the gym, bro. Like just work on just work on a few things. Listen to your coaches, and um, let's develop. This is a this is a point. I feel like. Uh, if Georgia basketball fans, if you're a real Georgia basketball fan, you're listening to this podcast. I think you'll agree with me that uh, this is this is a moment where I think we miss Jonas Hayes because Jonas Hayes was a really great developer of post players, uh, and and so I'm hoping that there's a guy on this current staff that can also continue to develop Nick Claxton into being more than just a dunker. 
so that's my that's my only take on the Georgia basketball team. You got anything else to say? Uh, I, I mean, hit the gym, yes, but I was actually going to recommend that he spends an afternoon in dead silence staring down Tom Crean or having Tom Crean stare him down and have grow a little grow a little tough brawler skin, Nick. That's what I need to see out of you. I need to see you I joke that he doesn't look like he would murder anybody. Nick, I I want you to come out next year with a That was a negative that comment was a, yeah, for you. Yeah, no, that, that was you. That was a dig. Nick, that wasn't that was a like, criticism. Yeah. I'm sorry, let me explain fully. I want you to come out and I want a a man of your stature to look like he's going to just rip the ball out of your hand along with your spine out of your back. That's that's what I want. And he doesn't have that. Uh, he needs to get that little killer instinct to him. Uh, yeah, I like I, I like your spicy take. It tasted good. A um, little, little, little lingering on the tongue there. Also, one last one last Georgia basketball comment. Um, Tichon Hightowers, he's transferring. There's no... Well, I, that's it. I, I hope, right? I hope uh, so. I hope that's the case. I mean, the young man's going to transfer. Sure. He's he's basically been sent into exile. Yeah. To Colgate? I don't know. Like, Who, who's going to take him? Uh, oh, Tichon Hightower will land somewhere. But this is... He doesn't... There's no... And so Georgia fans, like we're in the market. Georgia basketball offseason is going to be interesting because we're in the market for some more names, and we have another scholarship already. But that's not, Tom Crean's not worried about that because we got plenty of scholarships. We got them because there's not there's not one guy that's going to transfer off this team in the offseason. There's more than one guy. Uh, so we, don't get too attached. We to all Georgia know fans. we all this know is, who Tom Crean was talking about when he said he made a mistake keeping guys on the team when he first came in. We all know it's. Very evident some, to us now. There's there's some guys going to be those are not going to be on this team next year. And so Daniel, we like tooting our own uh, horn. We we never say we don't like tooting our own horn. Uh, did not we say uh, Hightower was on the decline, and guys like Crump and Hammonds were on the ascent? Did we not say so? I believe that was our that was our assessment. I'm sure, if it was if it was if it turned out to be correct, I'm sure we said it. There we go. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure you could go back to the archives and find it somewhere. I will. The thing is, we've said this before. We give so many takes. This is our policy. We give so many takes. Some of them are bound to be right. So it's a quality, or it's quantity over quality yeah. is what we yeah, go for here on the podcast. scattergun effect. Yeah. We ain't snipers. Speaking of quantity, let's get into let's Come get on. into Mount Rushmore. Come on. All right, we're starting at the top. We're starting with the quarterback. And how do you want to do this? We have we pre-production meeting. It didn't go didn't go smoothly today. How do you want to do this? Uh, do you want to go one to back and forth one at a time, or do you want one of us to give the full list and then the other to give the full list? Uh, we should give. We should go one. We should go one at a time. We should go back and forth with it. All right. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you lead. Now, listen. We're not giving these out in any particular order. No. I should caveat because Mount Rushmore is not ranked. Okay, they don't. They are all they on the same level, Daniel. They all have the they same. They don't put them up there as we're not. Again, these are not. Be clear about what we're doing here. Right. So, you can give them out in any order you want, but you should have four. Uh, who's your first? Who's your first participant in the Mount Rushmore of UGA quarterbacks? Daniel, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go. Uh, later on, I'll, I'll be ridiculed, so I don't even care. Uh, I'm gonna try to go for mm-hmm. a little safer pick 
for the people. A guy okay. who embodies UGA, who is on every single highest paid NFL player from UGA list. Uh, he has not become the greatest, but he was very, very good and had some exciting games along with some exciting players. And that's Matt Stafford uh, is on the Mount Rushmore of UGA quarterback. Tall, cannon, uh, went on to have a good NFL career, still ongoing, got paid with the Lions um, while at UGA, had some incredible bombs uh, and some highlights. Matt Stafford is on my Mount Rushmore of UGA quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, interesting. I I also have Matt Stafford on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, he was the last guy on, though. He snuck on. So I know we're not giving these in ranked order, but I'm just going to tell you that Matt Stafford caught a last-minute bus to South Dakota and managed to get his way onto that mountain. And it is mostly due to the fact that he is the most name-brand, recognizable UGA alumnus in the NFL. So, number one overall pick, we all know, in 2008, 2009... And, uh, yeah, has gone on to to be a good, yeah. I don't know, a very good NFL quarterback on a very bad team. Uh, he's making himself a ton of money. Uh, and listen, let's talk about, let's talk about UGA. All right. Uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford won 30 games in three years at UGA. Okay. Uh, he did not. Uh, win an SEC title. However, uh, and and he he threw for seventy seven hundred yards in three years. So that's I'm just going to tell you that's okay. Yeah. But compared to some other names that we're going to be talking about, that's if you think Matt Stafford lit it up in college, you weren't paying attention from 2006 to 2008. Okay, Matt Stafford uh, threw for 7.8 yards per attempt when he's when he was in college. That is uh, average, if not below average, compared to the other names on this list. The big stat for me for Stafford when he was in college was he threw 51 touchdowns mm-hmm. and 33 interceptions when he was in college. He did not have a single season of his three where he had less than 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. He was not the most accurate quarterback. He was a gunslinger, big arm. Mm-hmm. All the NFL scouts loved him, but you know, he walked and he he walked away from Georgia certainly not as a highly decorated quarterback. No. Now that being said, he did have some big wins in his Georgia career. Um and yeah, he, you know, he was he was the guy for a bit that Georgia was kind of hanging our hat on, but a little, little disappointing on the field. But he still finds his way onto my Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'm going to give you another name here, uh, and I'm going to go with the guy that I set out to not put on my Mount Rushmore. Okay. 
and just damn it, he found his way on. Okay. He just said, "You are not going to keep me off." Uh, and there's some Georgia fans that are going to roll their eyes when I say he's on the Mount Rushmore. And there's some Georgia fans that are going to hate me for saying I didn't want to put him on, because that's who this kid is, uh, and that's Aaron Murray. Uh, Aaron Murray is, I have learned in the last week researching UJ quarterbacks. I have learned that Aaron Murray absolutely, unequivocally, without argument, belongs on any Mount Rushmore for UGA quarterbacks that there is. Let me let me just hit you with a little info, Clint. Uh, four years, uh, 62.3% completion percentage. Is that good? 13,000 yards passing. Hello. Uh and nine yards per attempt. QBR of one fifty eight point six. Yep. In his uh in his four year career. Hundred and twenty one touchdowns and forty one interceptions. hundred and twenty one touchdowns. He played four years. He had two seasons where he had less than ten interceptions, and he was slinging the ball all over the yard. From 2010 to 2013, Georgia was passing the ball a lot. Uh, it was the height of the Mike Bobo rise oh, yeah. as offensive coordinator. And Aaron Murray was back there just hucking the ball around. He had over uh, 350 attempts in each of his four seasons. In 2011, he threw the ball 403 times, which I didn't go back to look if that's a record for a UJ quarterback, but it feels like it has to be. Uh, That's more than some quarterbacks had in four years starting total in their career. Uh, Here's the thing about Aaron Murray, though, and I don't think he's ever going to be able to get past this, is he's 0-2 in SEC title games. Yep. Yep. Uh, And the two years that he didn't play in the SEC title game, the team was hot garbage. Yeah. 8-5 and and 6-7 were the records of those two Georgia teams Aaron Murray's freshman and senior year. Aaron Murray's senior year, we went six and seven. Clint, uh, that's uh, that's uh, ugly. It's real tough, and that's why a lot of Georgia fans can't get past. You know, they, a lot of Georgia. I'm sorry, that was his freshman year. We went six and seven. His senior year, we went eight and five. Um, a lot of Georgia fans can't get past that. They can't get past. Um, the, the 0-2 in SEC title games, obviously we lost to LSU in 2011. We lost the heartbreak to Alabama in 2012, one of the single worst moments of any UGA fan's life. Uh, Chris Conley catching that ball on the three-yard line. Uh, I would say, though, 2012, you can't blame, you can't put that on Aaron Murray. You know, like that game, I don't think you could put that game on Aaron Murray, at least that one. 2011, maybe. Uh but yeah, Aaron Murray belongs on the Mount Rushmore of UGA quarterbacks, and I think that's more of a statement about this yeah. the state of the quarterback position at UGA than it is anything else. Uh, Daniel, I'm so glad you said that because um, I, now I'm, a, I'm about to give you a spicy jalapeno take on Aaron Murray. He he didn't make my list, Daniel. He's not on it. He's not on the Mount Rushmore. That's, uh, that's unacceptable. Well, no, I, I'm. The half of the fans that were booing you and hissing you are now cheering me, and here's why. 
Daniel. Yeah, but th- that half of the fans were wrong. Yeah, sure they were. So when you said you set out not to put them on and then you started researching, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that I knew that I knew. When I started looking at statistics, Aaron Murray was going to jump off the page. I knew it. I didn't have to look at it. I just remember as a fan of college football, not even just a fan of UGA because it's been well, well chronicled. I'm a new fan to UGA. Just college football. I knew of Aaron Murray and uh, and kind of the the air raid uh, type stats that he had. Uh, but here's why. You, you said it very well. Um, I can't put him on here because he didn't win the big games. Uh, he he didn't. I'm sorry. He didn't win okay, SEC championship. Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. He has incredible statistics, uh, just just out the nose, Daniel. Okay. Uh, he's a four year starter. Uh, he embodies UGA still all these things. But Daniel, the more and more I thought about okay. it, this is my house spicy take. And and now bear with me. I am not comparing these two men. Because one is a deplorable human being, uh, and one is a UGA, UGA quarterback. Um, but to what they were at their school, all right, it's like hearing Florida fan talk about how Tim Tebow is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And here's what I could say to you. Tim Tebow lit up the stat sheet. He, he, he played... Yep constantly every single year it felt like he had another year of eligibility uh he was exciting and he was he was running all over the field uh, uh florida fan loves them t- some tim tebow and it's disgusting to me that they speak of tim tebow in such high regard it's it's deplorable to me okay i don't want to be that okay i don't want to be that version for uga hyping up a guy who's not that good of a quarterback, but on the stat sheet, pops up all over the place. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. So I'm not that guy. I, your Tim Tebow analogy doesn't make any sense to me for, for a couple of reasons. I can see where you're going that like they they were NFL busts. They didn't have what it takes to be next level quarterbacks again. But I we're talking about the UGA I, Mount Rushmore. I get here. that. We're not talking about. And if you're gonna. So one, are you arguing Tim Tebow wouldn't belong on the Florida Mount Rushmore of Florida quarterbacks? Like, or is that what you're arguing? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I am saying he would put it up there. And what I'm saying is that's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment that you would put Tim Tebow up on a Mount Rushmore. Okay, but Tim Tebow won multiple national championships, and that's an embarrassment on that's a that's a that's a stain on the entire sport. Let me just let me just state okay. that Look, definitively. I, I get that. I. We all hate Tim Tebow. That's fine. I wouldn't let him within 100 feet of my daughters when they were grown. But, I wouldn't let him 100 feet of um, my dog. Uh, <laughs> but the the comparison makes no sense. And It's the, and it's let's the go love back of the fandom. It's, it's the... Let's, let's go back to Matt Stafford for a minute. Um, how many big games old Matty Ice win... How many big game? How many SEC titles he bring? Look, because that's apparently your criteria. No, I'm I'm looking at ambassadorship. I'm Rushmore. looking at ambassadorship. Played a huge role for Stafford. It does not play. Who? Hey, who? Who? Two years ago got got kicked off the set for picking against UGA. All right. Who? Who got disinvited from the pregame festivities? 
because on ESPN, well, Aaron Murray I, came out and said, "Nah, we ain't. I just we think ain't winning. This is a fo- this is a foolish argument." So, all right, well, that that's fine. I stand by my pick of Aaron Murray. Uh, listeners, let Clint know what what a, what a ridiculous I, omission this is. Clint, who is the second name on your list? Uh, Daniel, one of my one of my beginning criteria. And again, I, I didn't put it with Matt Stafford. Uh, he he is the face of the NFL version of quarterback for UGA. And yes, UGA depth uh, of Mount Rushmore is not that great. But I'm going to go to a guy who did win an SEC championship. I'm going to go to a guy who still okay. talks about UGA uh, football. Who to me, I, I remember watching him and being excited as a non UGA fan of a college football fan. Uh, and that's that's DJ Shockley is on my Mount Rushmore of wow. of UGA quarterbacks, Daniel. That's right. I don't care. Wow. I don't care, Daniel. I don't. This is the this is the greatest thing that I've ever. I heard. don't care. Give me DJ because all day. All right. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you. DJ Shockley was the guy that was. That I thought was going to be a spicy take when I put him at honorable mention nah. on my Mm-mm. list. But listen, I fully support DJ Shockley is my favorite quarterback in the history of the University of Georgia. Uh, and man, he did some, he accomplished some some big time things. The only reason he doesn't stand toe to toe with some of these other quarterbacks is because he, he only started for one year. Right. That's, that's all I needed. I need one year. I need excitement. He put... So, I, again, uh, I think you get a little bit of bias being in the South. Uh, and and there's a there's a sense that you don't understand the magnitude of things. But being on the West Coast, uh, I there were a couple guys that put UGA on the map nationally when there was up and down seasons. And DJ Shockley was exciting for so many reasons and became a household name out on the West Coast. Uh, and his his play, um, he he didn't fit in any one box. He was athletic. Um, he was a a good, well spoken young man who went on and had an exciting game in the SEC championship. Put UG on the map. I knew of the Bulldogs and of him nationally, and it was just fun to watch for that one year. And he has gone on to continue speaking well of UGA with with being on campus with the analysis he gives on shows. Um, he is still a dog, and he is still a good ambassador. Um, and he won an SEC championship. And Daniel, for those reasons, he did put him on the list. He did win an SEC championship, and and listen, you can't take that you can't take that away from him. DJ Shockley is is everything that is good that is good that we love about the old school college football pre transfer portal. DJ, he was selfless. He was a team first guy, and he's forever remembered fondly because of that in uh, in UJ fans' mind. I, I love the pick. Again, he did not make my list probably because I put Aaron Murray on there because he's the most prolific pastor in the history of UJ football. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, DJ had a great career. Uh, in his one season, he didn't throw for he threw for a thousand yards less. Per, in that one year than Aaron Murray did per year at Georgia, but, but whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll see your DJ Shockley, and I will raise you David Green. Come on. Because David Green is the third name on my list. Uh, David Green, 
four-year starter, 11,000 yards passing, 2002 SEC champion. Uh, David Green was the classic college quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was exactly what UGA needed him to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and he was that thing uh, to an extremely high level. Uh, so you look at his career from 2001 to uh, 2004, 2001 when he came onto the scene. Georgia went eight and four. 2002, 13 and one. 2003, 11 and three. 2004, 10 and two. Uh, he was the all-time winningest quarterback in college football for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and uh, and that's exactly what he was. He was just a winner. A 2002 team was one of the best teams that UGA has ever had. The the one inexplicable loss still haunts us all. Uh, but uh, that was a fantastic team. Uh, and and more than any of that, though, I think D- David Green elevates himself. And this is what separates him, I think, from DJ Shockley. It's not just all the wins because that came... You know, DJ Shockley was just sitting behind him. Also, the fact that DJ Shockley was sitting behind him should tell you a little bit about what the order is in this well, hey, situation. Hey, we didn't, we didn't but, remember. We didn't give an order, Daniel. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about rankings, but uh, almost single-handedly, without everything I've said so far, if you took all that away from David Green all right. and you just gave me the hobnail boot. There part, it is. That's Mount Rushmore. That's just put him up there. <laughs> put him up there. Because when you think about David Green, if you don't think about Hobnail Boot, you're doing it wrong. Yep. You're doing life and fandom wrong. Because that play and that ending to that game specifically encapsulates everything you need to know about David Green. Absolutely hopeless situation. Yep. On the road unflappable quarterback comes in we march down the field and we score on a play to a guy that 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 we never threw to that we never ran in a in the most hostile of environments to beat a hated rival and give us one of the greatest calls in UGA football history uh that that alone puts David Green on Mount Rushmore with an honorable mention to Larry Munson who goes on the Mount Rushmore of UGA quarterbacks just sort of off to the side. Uh, I'm going to make this short and sweet. I should have started with this to incur more fan. But yeah, David Green is absolutely on the list. There's no way he could not have been. Uh, because David Green also, um, I, I feel like he should have been playing uh, in 91 to 94 is when David Green mm-hmm. should have been playing. Um, well... He was. His name was Eric Zier. <laughs> he later changed his name to David Green. Yeah, exactly. And and came back to the University of right. Georgia. But if you don't try to tell me, UJ fans, that you're not at least a little suspicious that Eric Zier and David Green are the same go. person. Just one of them wearing a toupee. Come on. Just come on now. Um, no, David Green is the embodiment of what just good old lunchbox quarterback is to me in my mind um and he's absolutely on mount rushmore uh which which leads me to my last one 
and uh, I am doing nothing other than than pure. Uh, let me go to the to the record books. Let me go to the historical data and and nothing else. And that is old, okay. old Buck Blue is on Mount Rushmore because B- Bucky B Bucky B has a natty in the bag, yep. which he did put that natty in the bag. All all I needed to know was you got a natty. You're on Mount Rushmore. Welcome. Okay. Period. Okay. Uh, let me let me ask you this, Clint. You got a uh, you got a tight you you got a tight end on that 1980 team on your Mount Rushmore because because if that's your if that's the criteria, then yeah, it's yeah. It's a, I just Daniel, it's a low here's, here's it's a the, low bar at quarterback right now. Okay. Here's the thing, Bucky, Bucky B did not make my list. Um, and that's not because I'm some punk kid, Georgia fans. That's just because um, uh, Buck Baloo Buck Baloo got carried to that national championship. I think we all know that everyone got carried to that national everyone. championship. I'm not saying Buck Baloo was bad. Certainly, he wasn't bad. But the aforementioned Eric Zier. Yeah. You put Buck Baloo and Eric Zier next to each other. And Eric Zier is a better quarterback than Buck Ballou. He was a better college quarterback yeah. than Buck Ballou was. Uh, and I know, look, look Buck Ballou's attempts are, you know, insanely. Let's back in the era when you just don't. Wing T. You don't throw the wishbone ball type deal. At all. Yeah. It's just, just student body right, student body left, yeah. student body yeah. right. Uh, and that's great because we won the national championship in 80. We were back in the conversation in 81. Again, in his last two years, uh, Buck Ballou obviously he's got the Lindsey Scott play. Which if if David Green's going to get in on Hobnail alone, there you go. then Buck Ballou has got to at least be in consideration for the Mount Rushmore because of Lindsey Scott alone. Uh, but but I did not put Buck Ballou or Eric Zier on my Mount Rushmore for my final spot on Mount Rushmore. I'm going to put you in the wayback machine. Okay, all right. Let's let's go to the wayback machine. And I'm going to take you back to to 1940, uh-huh. and I'm going to give you Charlie Trippi uh-huh. as the fourth member of the UGA quarterback, Mount Rushmore. Now, Georgia fans that are historically well aware will know that Charlie Trippi is a was a running back, right, and a quarterback, and uh, uh but let's and a. Uh, a blocker yeah. and a punter <laughs> and a, a defensive tackle. I believe he played for a bit. Uh, he was also a professional baseball player. And Served in two wars. Uh. Yeah, yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, listen, the depth at UGA running back Mount Rushmore is a little crowded. Is, is it, Daniel? Okay, so Mister Mister Trippy, I don't think was going to find his way onto that list, but he deserves to be on. Hey, the mountain. Yeah. 100%. You want to talk about putting an Addy in the bag? Well, Charlie Trippy, 1942, national championship. Uh, he's got one. Charlie Trippy, you want to talk about Matt Stafford being on Mount Rushmore, number one pick in the NFL draft. He's got one. 1945, number one pick in the NFL draft, Charlie Trippy. You want to talk about Heisman Trophy putting, putting you, vaulting you to the national championship. Heisman runner-up. In 1945, 
Uh, Charlie Trippy obviously did not throw the ball prolifically, but he passed for 1,800 yards in his UJ career, passing for 9.5 yards per attempt. Okay. okay? I'm sorry. That's a first down per pass. That's some Georgia Tech that he threw <laughs> numbers right there when you're throwing his, 14 passes a year. In his UGA career. Yeah. And he did that while rushing for 2,000 yards go. in his career in three years. Um, Charlie Trippy is an absolute legend of UJ football. The only reason why he is not uh, more uh, well-known is because of how old, how historic the era of football that he played in uh, is. But but when you bring a national, again, to, my, to, my, to your earlier point, when you bring a national championship home to Georgia and you are one of the uh, key contributors on that national championship team, if not the most important contributor, he was the Heisman runner-up in the year we won the Natty. So that should tell you everything you need to know about how much he contributed to that team. Uh, you belong on the Mount Rushmore. There you go. Especially of UJ quarterbacks, you know, you know, when we're looking at some some uh, some lack in talent. Very, very much lacking. And that's why I, if I may, I'd, I'd like to put an asterisk next to all of these names, Daniel, Uh mm. And just because they participated during the steroid era, is that what well, you're saying? Yeah. Is that why you're putting an asterisk? Yeah, we're gonna a rod them. We're just gonna just yeah. put them in blue. Um, no, uh, Daniel. Uh, the reason I'm putting an asterisk is because I, my my honorable mention. I desperately wanted to put him on Mount Rushmore right now. He cannot mm-hmm. because he's still active. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do that. But Jake Fromm, uh, I got my chisel and hammer ready, bro. To just <laughs> To just go up there myself and start caving those rocks for you. Uh, I'm ready. Hey. I'm waiting. Kid, kid's got a He's shot. He's got a shot. He's already got an SEC uh-huh. title under his belt. Point one. He's already got a Rose Bowl win under his Point belt. Point two. He's, he's already got an ad. Uh, he's already got a participation in the national championship game. Uh, you give him another mm-hmm. year, and this guy, I think, is going to be. Yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to argue. That right now his trajectory is to be one of the four most representative quarterbacks in UGA football yep. history, which is crazy to say about a guy who's 20 years old and currently playing college football. All right, Clint, that about does it for today's Mount Rushmore. Uh, we will be back next week with another position that we will break down and give you our thoughts. We would love to hear your Mount Rushmore for UGA quarterbacks. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know the four that you would put on there. Let us know uh, so we can compare them to our lists and see how smart you are. Uh, Clint, before we go, let's talk about let's talk about the dumbest thing about a, about an SEC school. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's go all the way down. When we gave our rankings for the for the for the grossest fan base in the SEC, at the bottom of our rankings was Mississippi State. Correct. We determined them to be the least gross fan base in the SEC. Now that doesn't mean though, Clint, that they're not gross. No, does no it? it does not. Doesn't mean that doesn't mean that there's not absolute rampant idiocy happening oh, yeah. at Mississippi State. So tell me, Clint, what is the single dumbest thing about the Mississippi State Bulldogs and their fans? You know, there's again, there's a lot here. And a lot of this stupidity becomes uh objective 
on it. But I'm going to go to how a shining day in the history of SEC could have been uh, such a glorious marketed and glorious announced idea. And that is the hiring of Sylvester Croom as head coach of Mississippi State. Do you remember the news uh, uh, briefing that day of that historic hire of an African-American head coach in the SEC? I don't recall it. What did it say? Well, it happened on the sidewalk of what I assume was the the quad to the cafeteria. Who knows? Because (laughs) because they just had like a plastic pop-up table. Uh, and, and Sylvester standing behind there. And I think they just had intern first year news journalist kid, you know, making the announcement and uh, Sylvester kind of slumps his way up there, uh, as one does when you, when you have the stature of old Sylvester, uh, and they made the announcement and it was just the most anticlimactic thing I have ever seen in my entire life for a historic hire. So the thing that they can't even do right is announce something that should have been celebrated, and even when you do something, even when you're right, doing something right, you do you something, do something wrong. wrong, and that's what I feel like about Mississippi State. Like that's the reason they're down on the list so so far is not the grossest is because you were trying so hard, man. You just your heart was in the right place. Yeah. Uh, you just that's, can't execute with it's cute. It's cute that you're in the. SEC. It's cute. That's exactly cute. what it is, Daniel. Uh, and so nice. I, I I could have gone with the poo brown maroon color they had uh which is gross i could have talked about more about the fans but but at the news conference i mean there were probably maybe 10 kids you know at that thing cheering him on and that's only because they were playing a game of ultimate frisbee that got interrupted by when someone put the costco table out there exactly started introducing who is this gentleman that just walked into the middle of our game why why man why come on bro. bro We're kick we're kicking around the hacky oh, sack. The hacky sack. Come on, bro. Freddie Prince Jr. Get out of the way. Get out of the way, man. Uh yeah, there are a lot of choices. I could have gone you could go with the cowbell. Oh. The grossest oh, thing gosh. about the Mississippi State fan base, the cowbell. Uh just Dak Prescott in general. Period. There it is. That could easily just be just end of sentence. Dak Prescott. Grossest thing about the uh, you could even give me the end of that basketball game last Wednesday. That was that was one of the grossest things I can think of about Mississippi State. I'm going to go with something else. I'm going to say the single grossest thing about Mississippi State is the word Stark Vegas. Oh my gosh. That's what can I can I just I'm there is nothing and I re- I repeat nothing similar about Starkville, Mississippi, and Las Vegas, Nevada. You know who believes the climate is not. You know who believes they're similar. People who have never visited Las Vegas. And do you know who has never visited anywhere outside of Mississippi? People that live in Mississippi. People who live in Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's correct. That's correct. Except for you, listeners that are listening to this, who live in Mississippi, we're not talking about you. But, but in general, come on, you know uh-huh. it's true. <laughs> you know it's true. Uh, so that's yeah, that's that's my that's my nominee for dumbest, grossest thing about the Mississippi State fan base. Next week, 
Uh, we will not only be back with Mount Rushmore, but we'll be back with the grossest, dumbest thing about Texas A&M. Oh. So you can be looking forward to that. Oh. Uh, listeners, if you want to give us your dumbest thing about Mississippi State, you can feel free to chime in. Hit us up on Twitter, at Dogs Podcast. Uh, and until next week, Clint, you got anything else to say to the people? Uh, got nothing else to say, Daniel. We have, I, we may have a, a nominee for stupidest thing I read on the internet come next week. Uh, we wow. may have a nominee for that. I love it. I love the teaser. Also, Georgia's going to beat Auburn on Wednesday. Just, just Ooh. so you know, that's going to okay. happen. Georgia's going to get a second conference win on Wednesday. They're going to beat Auburn. So mark that down. All right. That's all we got. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.